Blog Talk Radio. It's June 25th, 2017. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please, remember good leadership is never about power and control but rather for the honor and privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Having said that, we certainly hope everyone enjoyed Father's Day last weekend and hope that you all stayed safe. As a quick reminder, next weekend will be the 4th of July weekend, and the show will be abated, and we will return on July 9th so that everybody's aware of that. We'll announce that again later at the end of the show. <laughs> Announcements. Uh, first, some good news. The week-over-week listeners to this Working for a Living radio show are up 72%. Week-over-week, week, that's pretty good. Obviously, we are grateful and extend our thanks to each and every one of you for listening. And please be, be sure to tell your friends. Uh, announcement number two, uh, remember the team Working for a Living supports Medicare for Everyone. Announcement number three, Team Working for a Living continues to oppose the Working Families Flexibility Act. Announcement number four, Team Working for a Living continues to stand shoulder to shoulder with the Michigan Building Trades against the newly introduced legislation to repeal and roll back Michigan's prevailing wage laws. Announcement number five, on June 19th, the Ford Engine Plant announced its plans for their end-of-the-line robot inspection program and invited all employees to stop by and view the working model to soon be installed at the end of the line so as to get used to the robot that is taking over their inspection jobs. Okay, UAW leadership, how about some contract provisions that protect us for this? Okay, announcement number six. On June 20th, 1941, Ford signed its first contract with the UAW. Congratulations, all Ford members, in their 76th year of having a UAW Ford contract. On uh, announcement number seven, uh, on uh, June 21st, the members at local 1268 in Bel- Belvedere, Illinois protested the indefinite suspension of four committee persons for telling their people not to drive the new new three-wheeled stand-up tuggers without any instruction or training. Them driving those tuggers has resulted in 17 accidents within the first three months of their use. We stand in solid solidarity with the members and the affected committee persons for looking out for the safety of our membership. Thank you for that. If you uh, have anything, if you're listening and you want to contribute anything by way of the show, please feel free to get a hold of us. Announcement number eight, the Ford Focus currently being built by UAW Local 900 workers in Wayne, Michigan, was previously stated to be moved to Mexico. It has now been redirected to be built in China. More job security. Huh. I don't 
think so. Let's work on some of that job security. Announcement number nine. Well, here's some good news. On the 22nd, June 22nd, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court decided not to hear the Macy's case and to let stand the Fifth Circuit favorable decision that now legitimizes non-majority unions, also known as micro-unions, previously known as minority unions, but that's been changed by a very prominent labor lawyer uh, to non-majority unions in the language of the, on the National Labor Relations Act itself. Uh, there, the U.S. Supreme Court's refusal to hear this case now provides a national precedent for micro-unions to exist. Put this one down as a rare win in our column. We'll send our thanks over there to the Supreme Court for that one. We'll see how they do as things progress, though. Announcement number 10. Uh, please pay close attention to the next three announcements. Again, this is announcement number 10. On November 13, 2016, Team Working for a Living Caucus announced its first platform, blank, to return to labor ethos, and on our webpage, that it meant, 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 among many things, to return to our core union values. Most assuredly, following Team Working for a Living's platform, blank, seven months earlier, but let's see what comes next. Between, uh, uh, as it turns out, Dennis Williams on, uh, Jan on June 16th of 2017 made an announcement about his core values and outlined what those were. Seems like he followed working for a living lead. And then we have the next announcement. Notwithstanding Dennis Williams' call for core values on June 16th, between June 19th and 23rd at the, at the General Motors GMS conference held in the sunny resort town of Orlando, Florida, you know that's where Disneyland is, uh, the UAW General Motors Department Vice President Cindy Estrada stood shoulder to shoulder with Kathy Clegg, General Motors Vice President of North American Operations and Labor Relations. And they both told 179 hourly team leaders, 95 hourly group leaders, and 40 hourly shift leaders that they desire to have the corporation, and this is what was reported from the uh, event itself, that the corporation have 30% more profitability by the year 2020. Again, that's reported from the uh, floor of that uh, event. Yes, you did hear that correct. Cindy Estrada, the Vice President of UAW, in concert with General Motors VP Kathy Clegg, want you to work 30% harder to achieve their goal of 30% more profit. So much for Dennis Williams' core values of our union that he stated just a week earlier. Wow, I guess those are the values that they're that are going to impose on us here, 30% more. No 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 talk of any new jobs either. It's just, you know, more profit for the corporation. We've got to do that. I don't think so. We'd like to have them profitable, but it's not our job. Yeah, and if they get to 30, well, you know, all the better. We want our portion of that, which is about, just about all of it. I got one good way they can do it. Stop buying dead peasants insurance. 
that'll get their profit way up there. How about that? All right, announcement number 12. On June 22nd, the Boeing Corporation in North Charleston, South Carolina, confirmed that it would be laying off 200 workers. Just five months ago, President Trump, number 45, was there at that facility saying that he would do everything in his power to keep jobs in this country and prohibit layoffs. Well, that didn't happen. Announcement number 13, on June 22nd, the Republican majority of the U.S. Senate published its replacement legislation for their uh, for the Obama, uh, Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Working men and women, or working women and men, will not be pleased if this passes. Just as an aside, the following are insurance of big pharma political donations to the authors of the Trump Care legislation. Orrin Hatch, R. from Utah, $471,560. Mitch McConnell, R. from Kentucky, $433,400. These are donations from Big Pharma and Insurance. Rob Portman, R. Ohio, $382,100. Pat Toomey, R. Pennsylvania, $354,616. Lamar Alexander, R. Tennessee, $228,100. John Corrin, Cornrin, R. Texas, $180,000. $50. Gary Gardner, R, Colorado, $151,850. Announcement number 14, I'd like to extend a big thank you, we would like to extend a big thank you to our National Research Department for most of the above that we found. Of course, the National Research Department didn't report on the uh, report from the Orlando GMS symposium. Uh, on to email. Uh, uh, first one, thank you for your report about who could not hold office because of their criminal record, but I know some very good people who have felonies. All felonies, are all felonies banned from holding union office? That's from VK in Texas. VK, uh, not all uh people who hold a felony or have a felony on their criminal record are pre precluded from holding union office. Uh, it is uh, um, uh, very spe uh, specifically spelled out in Title 29 U.S.C. 504, and that includes, uh, off the top of my head, uh, those people who are communists, uh, those people who have felonies for embezzlement, um, uh, narcotics, drug felony. Uh, there's a number of others. I just don't have them right at, at my uh, command at the moment. But that, we'll be publishing that on Working for a Living uh, likely tomorrow. Uh, we don't want to inundate you with all of the uh, posts. We try to make one post a day 
globally for the, the, the uh, groups on Facebook. So watch the Facebook for that posting coming up, likely tomorrow. Uh, it's uh, been pretty much written, and uh, uh, then we'll get that out there. Uh, now, uh, email number two, I liked hearing the history of Lansing's general strike. Thanks to David for covering that. That's from J.O. in Michigan. Uh, thank you, J.O. I'm sure David likes to hear that. I, you know, as you uh, know, his uh, father and grandfather participated in that general strike, and he's quite proud of that and having uh, come up and been told about it a lot through his youth. Uh, David is, because of his grandfather and father, David is one amazing uh, unionist. So we're glad to have Jeff and uh, David and others that you don't hear on air uh, as a part of our team. Um, now, uh, email number three, is there anything that can be done to help the temporary workers being laid off now? That's from GS in Ohio. Uh, GS, uh, I'll, I'll ask some of the others uh, to jump in on this as well, but the language is pretty clear that they're temporary workers and they're not going to be afforded the opportunity to uh, get sub-benefits or any other uh, benefits in, in uh, layoff that might be available. The health care is, I believe, a little bit different if you're a seniority employee rather than a temporary if you're laid off. So um, that is one of the things we aspire to change. There needs to be a, as a, as a caucus, uh, we talk about this quite a bit in our discussions, uh, and there needs to be a specific pathway to seniority, time certain, if you will. In other words, it used to be 90 days, one person like myself hired in, other people it was 180 days. I like, you know, no more than 180 days myself, and I believe that is the uh, consensus of the team. If you're going to hire a person and you keep them for six months of their life, then they need to be a seniority employee. And that stops all of this creative language that harms these people uh, that are hired. And it's uh, really tragic that this is uh, going on and they're staying in temporaries for six, seven, eight, nine years. That's just wrong. And we'll see what we can do to change that as uh, we ascend to leadership. So uh, does anybody, David or Jeff, I'll ask Jeff first, do you have anything on that trying to help the temporaries or any any comments on the announcements? Or uh, I know we talked about most of these uh, in the call, uh, previous call. We have a call once a week before the show to determine what uh, is going to be covered. So uh, Jeff, do you have anything on the announcements or email that you'd like to speak to before we get into reports? Um, on the issue of layoffs, um, that's always been the history of almost any union that I'm aware of, that uh, temporary employees will, will get laid off. But like Leroy said, that's something that we have to change, and that's something that's going to be brought up in contract negotiations. Um, so when people really got to be careful how they vote for in any contract. As much of this language is in there. Lately, we've been seeing a lot of people voting for contracts just because of the big bonus payouts. So please take the time, read the whole contract before you vote on it, 
try to remember to help their fellow union member. Josie, I got it, Roy. Oh, okay, on that. David, do you have anything to add on the announcements or the email? Yeah, it's very sad that uh, the UAW, um, the leadership that currently is in charge, um, bargained away sub-benefits um, for these workers. Um, you're correct. Um, getting them hired um, within 180 days would cure most of that issue. Um, one of the other parts that is very sad for these laid-off workers is they run out of unemployment benefits. Um, when they go to get another job, mm-hmm. well, I know for from personal experience from 1988 to 1991, I did everything I could to get employment. When you put on your job resume, that you're a former employee of General Motors. No employer will look at you. Very rare that they that they will. Um, they know someday GM will call you back, and they're going to be left empty-handed. Myself, I ended up self-employed as an I'm installer. Made good money doing that. I didn't have benefits. Um, it was a hard four years. Um, so. Those were some very um, important benefits that they gave up for these workers. And uh, my heart goes out to them, and I wish them the best. They keep um, maintaining some type of income coming in and that they don't lose what they they have now. That's about it, Leroy. Okay, yeah, to be clear, the sub-benefits still exist. It's just the creative language with these temporaries that are temporary for, you know, many, many years. Uh, and it's just, you know, Im- improper to have them temporary for so long. If you got more than six months with the corporation, you should be a seniority employee. Uh, and because they're temporaries, the sub-language does not apply to them, and that's sad. So we, we really uh, hold our, ha- our hearts out to all of them and wish them the very best those that have been laid off and those that are about to be laid off in these uh, downturns. Jeff, Jeff's going to talk about that more in detail here in a little bit. But uh, thank you, Jeff and David, for your comments on the announcements and the email. Um, uh, just before we get into all the reports, uh, let's get through this quote uh, of the week uh, from George Orwell. You may remember him from the uh, 1930s, 1920s area, uh, era. He uh, famous uh, for a lot of uh, uh, his works. Uh, but his quote is, A people that elect corrupt politicians, imposters, thieves, and traitors are not victims, are not victims, but accomplices. Again, that's by George Orwell. A people that elect corrupt politicians, imposters, thieves, and traitors are not victims but accomplices. Think about that one, folks. Okay, now we're on to reports. I'll hand us off to Jeff, and he's going to tell you a little more about something we just talked about, but in more, more uh, in detail for you. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I- 
try to keep this short, Leroy. Um, Leroy has, a few weeks ago on our show, talked about um, the downturns coming in the auto business. Uh, people, I think, should really take note of that because there is a real good possibility that it's coming and it's going to be worse than probably the 2007-2008 uh, session. I say that because we are seeing a lot of, of plants about the big three shutting down ships. Losing ships in uh, Lordstown. They're losing a shift in um, Lansing Delta. Um, my plant has five layoff weeks coming this summer. And now that GM says they want a 30% um, profit from more from our workers, um, my, my thing was that is that the GM wants to make more profit. They need to cut their salary of benefits, management salary. So we've seen that Mark Fields leave Ford Motor Company last month. He took out $51 million and he went out the door. Uh, this kind of stuff needs to stop. Um, we, it's really going to get bad around this, folks. People are having to buy cars. Uh, or these cars on a six-year loan. By the time they pay that vehicle off, it's basically done. It's time to go out and buy another car. They price these cars so much that they're almost um, running out of customers. Who's going to afford these cars another five years? Once the... Uh, First-tier people retire. Second-tier people cannot afford these vehicles at that rate. Um, we're seeing strikes all over the country in different unions. Um, and their big issues are pensions and health care. These companies want to roll back the pensions from the retirees. Every one of them. Every strike you see in the, in the news is about retirees' pensions. So my question is, who in the, is going to buy these vehicles in the future? And that's going to hurt every one of us, auto workers and non-auto workers. So just pay attention. Watch the news. Do some researching and find out um, you know, what's going on. It is happening. We need to pay attention to the contracts when they come up. We need to start voting for things to improve things for our members. Like I said, most people just look for that big bonus at the beginning of the contract and vote for that. Probably was the downfall in these contracts. So we will be experiencing a downturn in the auto industry. Again, we're already seeing signs that profits are down. That was one of the reasons why Mark Fields was fired at Ford. 
There's probably another reason why Sylvia Estrada had that meeting in Florida with the VP at GM. So just take note of those little things, people. It's coming. That's what I got, Leroy. Okay, thank you, Jeff. David, do you have anything about Jeff's report? Um, no. Um, I find it interesting that um, they held this in Florida at Disney World. Um, that's kind of like handing out candy. Um, a lot of these team leaders that want to come back with pumped up chests um, from that event. Um, I don't see where um, having team leaders um, participate in that is the union's business. Um, we don't run corporations. Um, we're UAW members. We look out for each other. And um, apparently this was um, a meeting to, like you said, increase profits for the corporation by 30% off the backs of our members. Um, we're going to increase um, profitability, um, that 30% needs to come off the backs of the corporation. Right. And they know, as Jeff was just pointing out, they know that there's a downturn coming. And, you know, they want this during this downturn. Uh, I see where you're going, David, with that. So, uh, uh you know, how can you know that there's a downturn coming at the same time as for 30% more profits, or reported 30% more profit? Uh, and certainly the whole conversation was about profitability in uh, Florida. Uh, the exact number uh, as reported, we, we can only report it as reported. Uh, so, again, that's uh, something that we've been told and don't have absolute first-hand knowledge of. But, uh, you know, they know this downturn's coming. Uh, you know, Mary Barra spoke of it at the stockholders' meeting. I think she mentioned it in the public comment before they went into the closed meeting, uh, the stockholders' meeting, uh, for her public uh, comment about five or six times about the downturn coming. So they know it's coming, and yet they come to us and ask us, to you know, our our members that are team leaders, group leaders, and shift leaders, and uh, uh, they've asked. <laughs> I, I just I just question why we should be being asked to push people to to work 30% harder. I think that's management's job. Paragraph eight of the General Motors Agreement says that management rights clause says they have the right to run their corporation, and of course. We know that the mandatory subjects of bargaining are wages, hours, and working conditions. And so, you know, they can run their business, but they have to negotiate with us to make sure that, you know, we feel that it's in the best interest of the members for the wages, hours, and working conditions. And coming to us and telling telling us or even our own leadership telling us we got to work 30% harder surely goes against the grain 
of labor ethos and core values as represented by us, and evidently those are the core values by the leadership as espoused by you know President Dennis Williams of the UAW. So I guess we'll uh, we'll just continue to watch how they operate and run this union, uh, and it doesn't look like it's in the interest of the members at this time. So notwithstanding that they say it, they want to go to core values, their actions speak louder than words, as one of our research team members uh, often says. Uh, so uh, thank you for your input there, David. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to add that, that you might want to add in? No, Okay. Right. Um, just, okay. I just wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Prepare for it because it is. It's. It's. It's closer than you might imagine. Believe me. I remember as we're on this topic. I'll tell you this. I couldn't get a day off on July Fourth weekend in 1980. The stock market fell. The next week, overtime dried up. Everybody could get all the days off they want in a high overtime, normally a high overtime area. And I got laid off in December and stayed laid off until August of 83. And like, and I had a lot of seniority time. And like uh, David said, nobody hire you. You know, nobody would hire you. I had, you know, a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, that presented themselves. But once they saw, saw General Motors on the application, you can't get hired like that. They won't. They won't even look at you. So, like David, I went out and just started sealing driveways, asphalt driveways. I started a little sealing. Uh, opportunity, making a little little money, and it wasn't a lot, but it's enough to get me by. And quite frankly, the last six months that I was on layoff, uh, I had no income, no unemployment, no sub benefits coming in whatsoever. Thank God that they extended the uh, the uh, unemployment benefits, and then our, uh, and with my seniority, my sub pay continued which is was rather nice. But uh, uh, this was not a good time for a lot of people. I, th I think I spoke of it last week. Uh, it was pretty, pretty tough. And then, I, you know, they skipped us over on seniority and started hiring people less seniority than, than us, uh, higher seniority persons. And I wrote an article in the Flint Journal, uh, and that got reversed and people started getting hired with proper seniority and quite frankly that was in july and by uh, a little after labor day everybody was back to work there was nobody left in the in the uh, area hire pool at all so that was kind of a nice opportunity to get everybody back to work so and the heat was on to, to make that happen a lot of heat and believe me these corporations understand heat when you put it on them they sure do no heat's been put on them lately. That's their problem, and that becomes our problem, too. Okay? They haven't paid us, and they've been doing the dead peasants insurance, and that's arguably 
against a lot of uh, things, and we'll get into that as time progresses. Uh, but having said that, I'll, I'll hand this uh, off to uh, David. He has a nice report for us this evening. I think you'll enjoy it. It's kind of a companion piece to that GMS uh, announcement. We're going to have more on that next week when we get a full report, uh, or two weeks from now, uh, when we have a f more of a full report because these seem to be companion uh, pieces by Ford and General Motors, and we're on clear on Chrysler at this time. But go ahead, David, and uh, I'll start off with your report, sir. Okay. So I'm going to do this the way we discussed. Um, we'll do a section at a time, and if uh, there's something here that you want to discuss, um, we'll discuss it, and if not, we'll move on. Um, this comes from the National Ford Meeting was held June 12th through the 16th of 2017. Um, the first section, Jeff Doko. Jeff is the head of the research department for the IUAW. Since 1994, productivity has increased significantly, but median wages have declined. Bullet point number two, defying logic, there is a greater demand of auto workers' wages are going down. Bullet point three, Ford's profitability has been astoundingly astounding, especially compared to the past. 2000 through 2008, Ford profit was 9.9 billion. 2012 through 16, Ford's profit 42.4 billion. Bulleted point four, lower profits in Q1 17. Versus 16 unit sales down 5%, but revenue up 1% on vehicle mix. Bulleted point five, first quarter pre tax profit 35% lower than 2016 results. Bulleted point six, operating margin of 1.3% versus last year's record of 12.9%. Bulleted point seven, over the past three years, Ford has spent approximately $1.3 billion on profit sharing. That ends that section. Um, is there anything in that section that you would like to discuss, Leroy? Well, I, I note an omission in this report in saying that based on the aforementioned, we are going to go after greater remuneration for the membership. But we didn't have that in this report. All we had from our IUAW head of the research department is how well the corporation's doing and nothing about any ideas to uh, promote better remuneration for the membership. I find that uh, lacking on all of the leadership's part. Uh, that brings me to my next uh, point, and your bullet point number, the second one, says, uh, defying logic, there's a greater demand of auto workers and wages are down. That's not defying logic. That's due to poor union leadership and negotiating abilities. When you allow the corporation to be making nearly $10 billion and you can't get your temporaries hired into seniority status, uh, that's, that's you know, we just talked about that. That's deplorable. 
So um, uh, the other one that I was going to say, uh, the, the item about profit sharing, $1.3 billion on profit sharing. As we have discussed at length for on this show and on a previous show, uh, uh, profit sharing is, you know, just fluff. It needs to be in the wages because when wages then, uh, you know, when profit sharing becomes wages, it then gets rolled up accordingly if you get a 2% increase or a 3% increase, it's 3% on a greater amount if it went into wages. Profit sharing never gets compounded. Uh, Walter Ruther put that in a long, long time ago that, uh, that you know, the wages would be wages. We never talked about profit sharing when he was around because he knew the compounding factor would always rise the uh, level of all of our ships uh, when we had folded in wage base. So uh, the profit sharing really isn't in the best interest of the members. I know that some of the temporaries and, and such think that that's good, and the younger people think it's a good thing, but when it's folded into your wage base, um, believe me, you'll see a whole lot more money coming your way. Uh, and quite frankly, a lot of the uh, temporaries may not even be eligible for the profit sharing or other bonuses. Yeah, they don't get it. So that's uh, also something that needs to be corrected, but that'll be corrected with ascension to seniority status in a in a proper timeline. Uh, you hear us talking about things that need to be addressed, listeners, and these are the things that this we're talking about: who and what we are, and what we aspire to do to make our union, your union, better for us. And hopefully that bleeds over into some of the other unions as well when we start taking stronger stances. We know that there's some laws out there that are a little difficult to deal with, but there's ways of addressing such things without having to go through a a large amount of pain. Although, if you look back, nothing was really gained, and there's a lawyer out there in that video that says this very clearly, nothing was ever gained without a long-standing strike. So we don't know if we're going to have to have one, but and we, you know, we're going to do our best not to have one. But it may come to that if the corporation is so set in its ways that it wants to continue to make $10 billion a year by all of the dead peasants' insurance that they can possibly get away with without going to jail. And... Uh, uh, not take care of their workers, and that's going to change uh, if we are able to ascend, I should say, when we ascend to leadership. So some of these things we're talking about are things that we're going to address as leaders, and this is concurred by the on-air and off-air members of the of the team. So um, uh, go ahead, David. I think that's all I have to say. And Jeff, do you have anything to jump jump in on these? No, you did go well. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Uh, David, go ahead with your your next part portion. We're getting along here, so we probably. Uh, I'm going to go through this pretty go through this pretty quick. 
Sean Coughlin discussed the issues about pre-shutdown and high-risk work and post-job interviews. Start card and PTA, this is a process to discuss what work is going to be done and discuss the safety issues surrounding the work that will be performed. 2013 started with the huddle up process. Introduced in December of 2014, start card reinforcement. Solicit user Facebook. Build competency. Celebrate performance. The post-job review is not only reacting to bad events. Post-job review learning focus will take time to develop. Lessons learned are critical to improve our start card and PTA process. Start card app is on its way in the near future. What else can we do to be successful in keeping our brothers and sisters safe from injury? What else can be done to prevent injuries when it comes to MCE responsibility, mobile communication equipment, cell phones? This issue not deals with the factory, but with at home and on the drive to your next destination. Too often we see drivers texting when they should be behind the wheel focusing on the road. How often have we done this when our children are with us? We all have to be busy at one time or another while another texting while walking or even watching our kids at a sporting event. Accidents can happen and will and always need to need to pay it the close attention to our surroundings to avoid the accidents that could send send us to the ER. Let's make sure that we are doing what is right, especially when we have young kids that watch and see what we do in our daily routine. Is there anything in that section you would like to discuss, Leroy? They seem to be off. Uh, yeah, I, I just have a brief comment. You know, it says build competency. I think our members are quite competent in the jobs that they do. I mean, you know, if they give us the three-day uh, break-in time, you know, within a week, usually our members, unless it's a highly technical position, are up to speed on running that particular job, and they're competent in doing it. I don't know that we need to build more competency. I think our our members are quite competent in their work. Now, if you're talking about adding jobs to them, and thinking that they're competent to do more work, then no, those days are done. Those days are just simply done. You have uh, shrunk the workforce to the point you've harvested the workforce, as it were, to the point where it's become unsafe to do some of these jobs. Uh, witness the uh, the trucker accidents that they had, the, the tuggers uh, down in uh, the Belleville uh, Belvedere location in Illinois. Uh, 17 accidents, no near-death accidents, but some pretty serious ones, as I'm told. One had really nearly an amputated leg. Uh, so this is this is real serious that they're trying to get people to do more with less, and uh, it's it's bordering on the unsafe now. And I I'm told by uh, folks that do the safety reports that. Accidents are up, of course, 17 on these new style truck uh, tuggers with no uh, uh, training is, is unacceptable. But that's all I have on that section, David. Okay. 
um, Brandon Keats, UAW Assistant Director, and oversees the manpower population for all UAW plants. As of right now, this speaks to Ford. We have 24,255 legacy employees, 18,620 in progression employees, 9,038 skilled trades, 1,788 TPT, 2,030 SS, and new traditional 1,096 employees. Total number is 56,827 hourly employees at Ford. That ends that section. If you have anything to add um, in regards to those numbers, anyway. You right? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. We <laughs> dropped off. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Uh, okay. Jeff, Jeff, do you have anything to add to those? No. no. Oh. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. I mean, there's three more bullets on the next portion of this, but I think uh, I'll, I'll uh, say my comment. This uh, on this bullet it confirms that there are actually six tiers. We talked about five but they have broken out the new traditional, and those are the people that have ascended to traditional wages that are hired after 2007 and do not have uh, pension or health care in retirement. Uh, and we aspire to change that as well uh, for these folk. Uh, we couldn't come into the old pension, but a new one could be done. And it's proven that defined pensions are cheaper to run than uh, other pension styles. Uh, the next, there's three more bullets, but the, the last bullet on this section here is the, the job security program uh, webpage is uh, uh, UAWFord.org. Um, I think it's a joke to have a job security program webpage in the face of all these jobs that have gone away. I mean, who are they trying to placate here? This is just lunacy to put something like that out. I don't know who who even approved any any such bullet on this. This is horrible. I mean, job security? You're that's a joke. Come on. Do your job. All right, David, go on to the next one. Okay, anonymous driving. This was once again a big topic to discuss, UAW Ford Motor Company in the, in the future in this field. We live in a world of anonymous taxi or robot taxis, vehicles that may travel 130,000 miles a year, 10 times today, total and run 18 hours a day, 365 days a year. The anonymous vehicles will replace often and sold in high numbers providing a big payoff for manufacturers that figure out the formula. This is projected to take off around 2030 and projected that 21 million vehicles with some anonymous features will be sold. EVs have less mechanical complexity and 80% fewer moving parts. 
which should require far less labor to manufacture, except at Telsa. Companies that build electric cars are dealing with supplier demand issues and cannot keep the plants supplied with the electric batteries in-house. This issue is also creating more content. To be outsourced, 88% of the lithium-ion batteries come from China, Japan, and Korea. Notable exception is Tesla, which they are building a gigafactory to produce cells and battery packs at, in, a, in the U.S. Let's take the Chevy Bolt. The new report indicates that battery supplier LG Chem has 56% of the content on the Bolt. The problem here is that most of the content is coming from LG Chem's facilities in South Korea, Vietnam, and China. So what does this mean for the UAW members, and what needs to be done to secure our future? Ford Motor Company has laid out how its strategic priorities and what that means for the UAW member. That ends that section, if you have um, anything to add in there. Well, uh, I, I, you know, Jeff, do you have any that section or anything at all? No. Okay, all right. Uh, kind of blindsiding you here, maybe a little, Jeff, because you might not have printed one of these off uh, in advance. But uh, so, I I would only comment that autonomous vehicles will be, will be replaced often and sold in high numbers. Listen, folks, you're you're selling the number of cars now that you're selling likelihood of you selling more cars as you've given up market share over the last uh, three decades since the, the uh, uh, 82 concession agreement. You've given up market share and most certainly given up market share every year since the bankruptcy of General Motors. All of you, GM, Ford, and Chrysler, have given up market share. So if you think you're going to sell more cars, um, stop smoking whatever you're smoking and start figuring out, you know, that, you know, your your game plan is flawed. Uh, you know, the idea that they need to be replaced often is not going to go over well with the general public because they're only geared to buying so many cars in their lifetime and, you know, or their budget's only going to allow so many of those. And as we know, velocity of money is way down because people don't have money. There's not a lot of it, and it's not moving very fast. So good luck with that thought, Ford, GM, or Chrysler, FCA, if you have the same opinion. Uh, again, uh, this is flawed thought that you're going to sell a lot more cars suddenly just because they have some ability to be driven autonomously, and that's you know without a driver. Uh, okay, so that's all I have on that one, David. Okay. How does labor respond to and change with the changing industry? The UAW uses bargaining power to capture new work. UAW works to insource battery packs, electric motors, competitive wage becomes an issue. Organize new entrants, OEMs, Tesla, Faraday, and Google. Semiconductors increasing important part of the supply chain. Batteries, electronics, and software play a big part of the supply and demand for what it takes to build our products. This technology will need programmers. New transportation models will require massive amounts of coding and analysis 
work to be performed. National Ford Delegates, Alan Hughes, KTP Building Chair, I believe that stands for Kansas City Truck Plant, Brett Eskridge and Kenny Walker Committee, Guest Delegates, Roy Ice, Bargaining Committee, and Jim Metcalf, KTP Skill Trades Chair. That ends the um, section and um, all of the sections. Yes, uh, that's the end of that report, David. I guess, you know, we, we look forward to any new work as might come our way uh, due to uh, such things. I'm sure that Tesla, Faraday, Google, and all of those supporting organizations, as may be, uh, that supply the autonomous uh, vehicle components, uh, will also want to hold on to that work and uh, keep it non-union. So we have a lot of work to do along these lines to insource and, and organize those jobs that, as they may inter interface with the uh, building of an automobile. Uh, we have a lot of work to do with bringing small parts manufacturers uh, up to a competitive wage. Uh, let's let's call that a living wage, as is defined in the Constitution of the UAW. Uh, so we'll we'll work harder to see to it that $12 an hour is not the norm for IPS people, and at 15:40 is only 180 days or 100. Well, I guess it once was uh, 152 weeks or there 156 weeks uh, at one point. But there was a grow in uh, to the tier one jobs, and we have a number of ways of making that occur uh, that we've discussed. Not the least of which is uh, um, complying with federal law for these corporations, uh, and we've discussed that before on the show. Having said that, that's about all I'll say on that. Jeff, do you have anything on that one? Um, no. Okay. Uh, I have headline. I have one ad right. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, actually, uh, two ads. Okay. Um, right. I would like to go back to the beginning to Jeff Delco, who is head of the research department for the IUAW. Nowhere yep. in his bulleted points does he speak about the recalls um, that have cost the corporation, Ford Motor Company, untold billions of dollars. And that is money lost out of the pockets of our members. Along with that, um, this quality off the end of the line, first-time quality, that's not the responsibility of our workers. That's the responsibility of the plant manager on the floor of each and every plant that Ford Motor Company operates. We're going to look for a portion of this money. I would add scrap to that, too, David. Yeah. You could add, so yes, first-time quality, uh, we know a lot of the plants are bouncing around plus or minus 3% of the number 80% first-time quality. Uh, we know that the recalls have cost them a lot of money. We know scrap has cost them a lot of money, largely because of first-time quality, a problem. And those are billions of dollars that really belong to our members 
that is management's job to raise their first-time quality. It's not up to us to do that. Only buying through a suggestion program where a member may be compensated for their ideas. And we haven't seen that around very much lately because of uh, the General Motors Appendix K, and I think it's J in, in Ford. So these, uh, these are things that we'll be taking a real hard look at. There's an argument to make to bring those jobs back in in-house and under the master agreement uh, because they have lost control of these small suppliers and their, their real problems are coming from the outsourced work of the earlier 90s and that needs to be resourced back into the, the, these facilities. So get used to this, GM, Ford, and Chrysler, and all of you smart, small parts suppliers. This is the language that's coming out of the new leadership. We're going to ascend the leadership. Get used to it. You're not going to live by making us a bunch of slaves and paying us slave wages. You can't live on $12 an hour. 16 is not acceptable, and 31 is a good start. Just, just wrap your head around that. Think about this. Europe over in Germany, last I knew, $63.14, and that's before the last 2% raise they got. Okay, so they're well into the $65 range right now. So that's what they're making, and they don't have to pay for any health care or anything else. All right, those companies, and they're paying those kind of wages over there. So get used to the idea that you're going to start compensating your employees better and not taking care of the executive suite with billions. You can just start getting getting your head wrapping around that right now, okay? Because the days of a company union are done when we ascend to leadership. We'll still get along. We'll still respect you. But we're not going to be like what you had for the last couple of decades. It's going to change. Everybody should wrap their head around that. Everybody. Oh, by the way, it was sort of brought up that these staff members at Solidarity House and in the regions are all worried don't be worried. If you're doing your job, you don't have any problem. We're going to try and make it easier for you to do your job by empowering you, one. And two, when we consolidate a lot of these IPS locals back into the main agreement, your workload will go down. You saw it rise under the last couple of decades under the leadership and now it's going to go back down because we're going to have fewer contracts to service once we bring them under the same agreement. Get used to it, Ford, GM, and Chrysler. You're just going to start being vert, vert, not. You're going to be vertically integrated. This is just something that you're going to get back to. You've made unbelievable errors by not being vertically integrated and having these recalls and all manner of parts problems when these parts come in and they're next to impossible to assemble on the, on the vehicle. If we had it in-house, we correct them way before the problem ever began. 
and you make way more money, there'll be more money in the hands of the workers. They'll be able to buy more profit. Remember this. Ford went to the $5 an hour, or $5 a day. $5 a day wage. And guess what? The people stood around whispering, $5 a day wage, that's going to make him a billionaire. That was a lot of money back then, $5 a day wage. That's going to make him a billionaire. And guess what? When people had the money to buy their product, he became a billionaire many times over. So you folks just got to start having a little different mindset. Roger Smith and the fellows from 1982 made some really grave decisions about not going vertically or uh, ending vertical integration. And that's cost you, and it's cost us, and we're going to work with you to stop what you've been doing because our members deserve better. Get used to it. $19 an hour just barely gets you a buy. I'm going to tell you, they get $50 for the first five times, and then they get 50 and 40 and 50 and 40 rotating after the first five to donate blood plasma. And our members are lined up at these facilities to augment their wages. And guess what that does to them while they're at work? diminishes their ability because you're not paying them properly. I'm sick to death of watching this happen. And this whole team is. Every last one of us, the on-air people and the off-air members of this team are sick. And we are committed beyond the pale to taking the leadership out and making these corporations pay our members better remuneration health care, pensions, and wages. Wages. Not profit sharing, that phony thing. Yeah. You don't see too many others making a whole lot of money off of profit sharing. You know, it's 8 o'clock, 8.02. I think I'll forego my, my report. Although, let me just talk about it real quick. Um, you know, so... Just real, real quick. Uh, you hear that some official has a felony on the record. So, you know, what do you do? Well, first of all, you verify that it's true. Here in Michigan, we have iChat, Internet Criminal History Access Tool, and that'll verify any felony record. Okay, and then you go and check 29 U.S.C. 504 to be sure it's one of the felonies that are prohibited you know, child support or drunk driving and some of these things that are just sort of trumped up on these poor young people lately are not felonies that are prohibited by the uh, uh, law, uh, federal law 29 U.S.C. 504, okay? And it, if it's a prohibited felony, okay, that member, because of... Uh, Section or Article 2, Section 4, to enforce existing laws. That's the duty of all officers, okay? They have to enforce that. That means this person was not a member in good standing when they signed up or uh, subsequently were charged and uh, convicted of a felony, 
or convicted of a felony, not charged, but convicted. Okay, so they're not a member in good standing. I want to thank one of the off-air members of bringing that to our attention. She's a really good sister, and we appreciate everything that she offers our team. Uh, so that you know that it's just not Jeff, David, and myself on this team. It's a pretty good-sized team, and we're mature, and we've been telling you for over a year who and what we are. So, uh, But this member is not in good standing, so then what do you do? Well, likely the local union president doesn't have recall authority. However, in the charter, the international did reserve recall right authority uh, to remove so you need, need to notify the international uh, of their uh, uh, felony that violates the law, and that makes them not in good standing uh, because we're supposed to enforce the laws. And while it's good, good standing is often referred to as being paid up and such things, it also considers the, the laws of the land. Uh, so if the federal law prohibits you from being uh, an officer, then that makes you not in good standing, uh, quite, you know, de facto, quite frankly. So then what do you do? If they don't do anything about it, I guess then you bring charges on the person, Article 31 charges, for uh, holding office in violation of the law, and then you would have a local union trial, unless you're at Jeff's local where they just rubber stamp things and say it didn't happen and of course that's wrong and it's been appealed to the international executive board uh, so but uh, then you know at some point the uh, international executive board becomes uh, complacent and and uh, violating their oath and their duties uh, so they have some uh, come up and sign this as well so but that's what you do you uh, you know first you you know if you find out you, then you verify it then you check and see if it's one of the prohibited ones you know I told you 29 USC 504 then uh, you uh, need to uh, forward that information to your local union president to the international president and uh, copy copy the IEB uh, the whole IEB uh, if it's an appeal everybody gets copied because uh, an appeal second step appeal in the appeal process for the UAW, all of the U, uh, IEB gets noticed because it is to the executive board of the international, not just to the president and the lo local uh, regional director, uh, effective regional director. Uh, so uh, then you do that, and then if, if need be, then you would bring them up on charges, Article 31, uh, for holding office in violation of federal law and de facto the uh, UAW Constitution. So that's what you do if you find somebody that's a felon for cause in your local union. One of these prohibited, uh, hold an office if they're one of these prohibited categories. Uh, again, we'll have those tomorrow on our webpage so that everybody can get a real good idea of what those are and reference them in the future. We do have a search box on the top right-hand corner above the uh, uh, syndicated radio station links. So having said that, that will be my report. David, do you have anything on it, or Jeff? I do. I do. Um, okay, both of you do. Um, so David, go first, I okay. guess. Um, once the 
um, International Executive Board has been um, made aware by appeal. How long do you give them to act on that before you um, involve more paperwork? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a tough. Well, it's not such a tough question. You uh, have to wait until they acknowledge receipt of it, most surely, even though they may signed for it before. You know that doesn't mean they acknowledge receipt. So uh, then, then you have, uh, you know, from the time they receive it, uh, they, because of the constitutional language, have limited themselves to a 30 rather than a 60-day window to act properly, uh, or you become untimely should you want to add more paperwork. So you have about 30 days. So. Just to be clear to everybody, you got 30 days from whenever you acknowledge receipt uh, before you force the hand of you know the individuals to act to make you do your job. Uh, and we'll, that's about all we'll, the farther we'll go with that one right now. So everybody will know. Uh, so anything else, David? That's it. All right, Jeff, you had something. No, I'm good. Okay, all right. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, thank you for both of you and the on, off-air team for everything you do. Uh, we're doing a, a lot of uh, good work here. Uh, I'd like to take a second before I close the show out, uh, on personal privilege. I'd like to thank each and every person, whoever mentored me or schooled me in the finer points of doing the right thing and the finer points of uh, high-end uh, uh, leadership in our union. I've had mentoring by some of the very best people in any unit that could be ever in any union. I obviously am a hard worker at it myself. Uh, but I'm sure that David and Jeff and the rest of the team, I speak for them because they all had mentors as well over the years. And we just want to take a second and thank each and every person that spent sometimes years, sometimes 12 hours on the phone, to me at least, educating me on the finer points of the law the highest levels that are of our union, and we're prepared to ascend to leadership seamlessly and take control. And those staff people need not worry. As long as you're doing your job, we understand. We know about staff council. All of the above, we're not going to be making all that many waves. We're just going to change the policy of our union from a company-oriented union to a member-oriented union. So take heed of that. This isn't going to be some sort of a take tectonic shift with the staff and this, the uh, members in our union. We're just going to make a tectonic shift with regard to how we address the companies in which we represent members. 
and that in itself will drive our membership higher and our wages higher. And we won't have to ask for more dues. And once that gets to a proper level, then we can roll back the dues increase eventually. But it's going to take a little work to do that. Okay, with that said, I'll open it up for Jeff to say anything he wants to say. No, just everybody have a good Fourth of July weekend. Um, be safe and have a good time. Yes, sir. Okay, brother. Uh, David? Yep, everybody have a safe and uh, happy Fourth of July, Independence Day. And uh, we'll see you again. Um, the week after. On the ninth. I echo every uh, the other two brothers' uh, comments. Please have a safe holiday. Uh, you, you heard a couple of things uh, in Jeff or David's report that they uh, talked about texting and driving and such things like that. Uh, I would add that you know one of the biggest things on these holidays is um, spraying uh, lighter fluid. Uh, charcoal lighter fluid on an ongoing charcoal, uh, and that's one of the most dangerous and most reported accidents in your backyard. So be careful and don't spray it on after it starts getting to go because it's just going to blow up in your face. Be careful with that. So drive safe, uh, you know, and and uh, don't be spraying that stuff on there. So you know the other stuff, you know, watch ladders and things like that. So, But uh, we want our, all our listeners to come back safe in, on the 9th. Having said that, um, uh, let's wrap this up. Our, our uh, email address is workingforaliving at workingforaliving. Uh, you can write to us there anytime. Uh, tell just one other person if you found value. Tell one other person about us. It seems to be working, and uh, we're happy to to uh, have all the listeners that we have these days. Um, we're syndicated on workingforaliving.com, blogtalkradio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Player FM. Uh, shout out to our friends around the globe, Mexico, Canada, all our friends across the United States. I'll say... Uh, Good night. Have a safe 4th of July, and we'll see you again on July 9th. Good night, listeners. Good night, David and Jeff. Good night, everybody.